Okay, here we are. Here we are. Once you once you hear those sticks pounding, you know it's time for your boys to get together. You know who we are. Just being brothers. That's right. I'm Big Brother Mike. Big Brother Steve. And we are here to talk to you about numbers of things. But tonight we got something that's really kind of uh, tasty, I would say. Uh, tell them why, Steve. It's about Halloween. <laughs> yeah, we're heading into that that October month, mm-hmm. fall where we see jack o' lanterns mm-hmm. and pumpkins and leaves falling off the trees. Halloween and trick or treat costume. Which, by the way, by I got my grandson here today with us. Hey, and he's uh sitting over here being quiet. Uh, he's enjoying the show, so hang tight. All right, yeah, he's, a great, he's a he's a great kid. He's a great kid. He's, a, he's Steve's grandson. He's my great niece, but he, 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 we all we call him that kid. That kid. He's just that kid. He his name is. is name is Evan, but we call him that kid. But six anyway, six years old, six years old, going on twenty six. Yep, yep, very bright. Hey, Edgar Allan Poe. What I did, by the way, uh, before I tell you about my, I compiled uh, the top four. Okay, I didn't compile it. I just went online and found mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. The top four horror writers that we all know mm-hmm. worldwide. And we came up with four. And I'm going to name them in the order that I ranked them. And then I'm going to uh, tell you why. And, of course, Steve's always going to give his his input. Uh, first of all, the four were Edgar Allan Poe, Mary Shelley, Bram Stoker, Mary Shelley of Frankenstein fame, Bram Stoker from Dracula. And then we have to come all the way, almost 100 years forward, to get to the master who continued to produce stuff. And that's the great Stephen King. Yes, sir. You know, so we went back, and let me let me tell you why I started this way. I uh, started with Edgar uh, Allan Poe, uh, born in 1809, died in 1849. And if those who don't know his big story, The Raven, The Pit and the Pendulum, The Telltale Heart, et cetera. Uh, and he's got a couple more. Uh, what was it, Buried Alive, Steve? What was it? Premature Burial. Premature Burial. And... Um, He's had over 20 movies made of his works alone. Yeah, which okay. is amazing because you figured if he died in 1849 and here in the 21st century, they're making movies of his of his books. Still making, okay. You know, so that tells you how great his writings were. Still required reading, Steve, in, in high school and stuff? A lot of it is still required and not necessarily required reading, but definitely a person you need to know about. Okay, okay. Definitely a person you need to know going forward in your youthfulness. But like many like many geniuses or people who have just a, a, you know, a bountiful talent, uh, he had he had his issues as well. First of all, you know he got out of, when he uh, got out of school. He enlisted in the army. At the time, they paid five dollars not a day, not a week, but a month. Five dollars a month. Um, but during that time, he published his first book of poems, which was called Tamerlane and Other Poems. So he published at an early age. He then went on, okay, and um, after the army, he went back and enrolled in West Point, the United States Military Academy at West Point. And uh, only to turn around and purposely get himself kicked out uh, through bla- uh, brazenly breaking rules. So he was kind of a weird guy, uh, as, as many uh, great writers and great uh, artists are. Uh, here's a good part, though. This yeah. guy got married. Got married. <laughs> got married. Uh, first of all, here's three things. There's three parts to this weirdness. <laughs> three part. Part one. Probably four parts. He got married, number one. Yeah, that's definitely. <laughs> part number two, weird. it was to his cousin. His cousin. Part number three is part three. she was 13, 13 years old. 13 years old. And part number four is he was 26. 26. Twice as old. 
Okay. So just imagine. That's a stop right there. Just yeah. imagine you married some 13-year-old kid. Because he's a kid. And you're 26. Mm-hmm. And she's like a seventh grader. Yes. And you're like a college grad. Yes. And I'll just leave it there. All right. Now, and we, we'll, we'll even toss in, toss in that 16, 17, 18-year-old marriages were not unusual. Definitely But if not. you saw a young girl married to a 20, to an 18-year-old, who's 18 years old, she might be married to a 19-year-old, mm-hmm. 20-year-old, mm-hmm. little country farm boy, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was a grown, I'm going to go ahead and say a grown-ass man. Grown-ass man. Okay. Married in middle school. Married in middle school. Okay. Uh, yet, you know, he still, you know, had nothing to do with his writing. Sadly, she died, uh, I think about 11 years later, and that's when Polk came apart, began to drink, began to drink, uh, act weird, see things. But he was a great, uh, great writer. His style is, is referred to as, a uh, gothic horror. And mm. that means he sort of, uh, emphasized things like death, uh, reanimation, premature burial, as in the Telltale Heart. Anything then, that had to do with graveyards. <laughs> you could, you could find him. And in fact, Steve, you don't know how true that is. There's a church, and forgive me for not knowing the name. Those of you who know me probably know, know that I lived in Baltimore for 36 years. And there's a church on the corner, uh, uh, a main corner, big church. Every year they leave a rose and a bottle of sherry, a brandy, okay, at the site. And mysteriously, wink, wink, every year it, it disappears. disappears. Okay, so somewhere the ghost of Edgar Allan Poe is walking around. Why does the whole bottle disappear? Why can't it just the, the bottle be empty. Man, now you're digging down deeper than okay, I know, Okay, it should man. be just an empty bottle there, but no, the whole bottle. Whole bottle. Well, I guess he didn't have time he's to knock it out. He's storing it. Yeah, he's taking it and storing it. <laughs> but he was one of the first writers, the drunk or not, who was able to make his entire living as a writer because in addition to his uh, short stories, which he, he sold into magazines and um, newspapers and the like, he also uh, wrote essays and satires and was a serious newspaper writer. So that's him, but I list him number four. Number four. Because he was a short story writer. Edgar. Okay, and not Allen. Uh, that's Edgar Allan Poe. Poe. Now, the next one, number three, Mary Shelley of Frankenstein fame. Okay? Now, the Frankenstein fame, okay, and that, that's that's uh, our own personal little monster right there, Ev. He's getting his cough on. But uh, Frankenstein, he... Thing I like about Frankenstein that I don't that I gave Mary Shelley less marks for because the movie and the book is called Frankenstein. In fact, the in, entire name is called Frankenstein. Uh, but the iconic square jarred uh, with the bolt through the head and everything with the green skin, this guy was only listed as the monster. Okay, that was it. Frankenstein was in fact who. Uh, Steve? It was a Dr. Frankenstein. Doctor, I think it was Dr. Friedrich Frankenstein. And Frankenstein was the one who supposedly brought the monster to life. Right. Played by Colin Clive in that iconic black and white piece with uh, where people first met Boris Karloff. But yeah, but when we say Frankenstein, do we think of the little um, frantic, uh, frenetic doctor? No, we think of that guy with the bolt. In the side of his in neck. In the side of his neck. So yeah. I, that's why I sort of marked Combat her down. Boots. Now, you want, and with the big boots. Now, the book itself is called Frankenstein, the Modern Prometheus. Now, let me tell you about Mary Shelley, whose name was Mary 
Wall and Stonecraft. Wall Stonecraft. I changed my name to Okay. Well, see, Marion, I'll tell you how she got that name. First of all, now you talk about Poe's antics, okay? Mary Shelley, okay, her mother died after she was uh two weeks after she was born. Wow. Her father married the neighbor lady who didn't like her at all. How smart was that? Okay, see, when she was 17, she took up with a married man whose name happened to be Percy Shelley. Okay, who was well, well known around town in politics, etc. They left, traveled the world together. Shelley was ostracized by his family, many people in his community, uh, and was constantly in debt. They finally got married in, eight, in uh, 1818 after Shelley's first wife committed suicide. But then shortly after that, Percy himself then, um, oh, by the way, in 1818, the, the year that, uh, they got married. Uh, that's when Mary uh, Shelley uh, published Frankenstein, which some people mm. said that Percy actually wrote it for her as some mm. kind of a gift. Mm. Uh, Percy himself died in a boating accident uh, in 1864, and shortly after that, Mary Shelley uh, returned to England and died of a brain illness, once again never knowing uh, the extent of her fame. What a life. Can you imagine? What a life. Can you imagine? What a life that was. Uh, it's just the way Never a dull moment. It's just the way something. Thank goodness they didn't have kids, you know? Well, as far as we know. As far as we know. Now, the other person is, and I thought I had three pieces of paper here. Do you have three pieces of I paper? I do not. Do you see Bram Stoker on there I at all? I see Bram Stoker on mine. Okay, Bram Stoker is the, is the next uh, person. He had a much less exciting life, okay? Uh, Mr. Stoker was, first of all, known mainly as the manager of the Lyceum Theater in uh, in London, the big theater there. Mm. From uh, He was born, by the way, 1847, died in 1912. But from, 19, from 1878 to 1898, this guy was the manager of um, the famed Lyceum Theater in, in London. Uh, he was also in the employ of a gentleman named Sir Henry Irving. And Sir Henry Irving was an actor who had been knighted, okay, uh, by the Queen, Back then, I guess we're talking about uh, Queen Victoria. And um, the one thing he did was he published um, Dracula. Well, why do I make Dracula higher than Frankenstein? They're both about a monster. Well, it's real simple. When you say Dracula, the image that comes to your mind with the fangs and the widow's peak and the cape is exactly the character that uh, the book is named after. I now, think, I'm going to ju- jump in here. Please do. I think Dracula is probably a tad bit more popular because it involved the opposite sex. Ooh, now, when you think of Alan nice. Poe, you don't see much female interaction. When you think of Frankenstein, you don't see a lot of interaction with women. But Dracula is pursuing a female... Uh, entourage to do his dirt for him. And in all the movies I've ever seen, they were all just gorgeous women. You know, he went after somebody's wife, somebody's sister. Correct. He never went for grandmothers or mothers. <laughs> all right. Just, uh, just sisters and daughters were all he was interested in. And he had an entourage full of them. He did. Yeah. And in addition, in addition, that you make a great point. Not only was he different in that man, he was also different in the fact that he did something that we now call shape shifting. Mm. The boy be a wolf. Mm-hmm. The boy be a bat. Mm-hmm. Okay, he'd hang upside down. Mm-hmm. He did have one. He did have one male flunky, and that was when. Winthrow. Okay. Winthrow. Okay, the guy he had eating bugs and going out and digging up graves for him. But 
Dracula, I think, is a stronger character because unlike the monster, he spoke, okay? And if we hear somebody doing that accident, which that accent, which I won't attempt to do, but we all know the voice of Dracula. Oops, I did it. Sorry, it slipped out. It just slipped out. It, it just slipped out. I could not tell The theater just rings its head regardless of where he is. I could not help it. It was what I wanted to do. If you look at, the, at, at that, you'll see that this guy was a total character. Unlike Frankenstein, who uh, the Frankenstein monster, mm-hmm. Dracula drove the action in the book, in the movies. People were either doing what Dracula said, trying not to do what Dracula said to do, Getting bitten by Dracula, trying not to get bitten by Dracula, driving him through the stu- through the chest with a, a heart with a stake. Dracula drove the drove the energy in that book, so I give Dracula in that thing uh, second place over Mary Shelley's third. Your thoughts yeah. on that? And he book? came from a country that is well well known, Transylvania. Transylvania, yes. Transylvania. If you haven't been there yet, I think you can book. They do have Airbnb there. Uh, go to Transylvania and you'll enjoy uh, the excursion of uh, Dracula. What was his real name? Did he have a real name? The Dracula's name was Vlad. Uh, Vlad. Vlad. Vlad the Impaler. Vlad the Impaler. Vlad the Impaler. It's an interesting so, story there. Suppose he as a young man before he became the man who lived in this great big castle. He was a warrior. Warrior. And uh, that, that's the name. And he was known for uh, cutting off people's heads and sticking them on spikes and, and et cetera, et cetera. posting it along the road for everybody to see everybody it for to intimidation. See. So that is that is the story of, of Bram Stoker. So if anybody ever asked you, you know, who, who uh, wrote Dracula, you can tell them, you know, Bram Stoker, who was basically just the uh, uh, a basic businessman who happened to have this hobby on the side. Okay, and came up with uh, an iconic character who's another one that lives on. He's uh, more current than Stephen King. I'm sorry, than uh, Edgar Allan Poe being born in 1847, two years before Poe Poe died. It's always interesting to me the mind of a horror writer. Meaning what? Meaning that as I sit here and write, I am trying to think of things to write down on a piece of paper that will scare people. How can I scare somebody? Oh, a six foot, six, seven foot monster with screws on his neck that somebody put together and he came alive and we've never seen anything like that. And so we are frightened of it. Or it could be the guy with the canine teeth who flies around and comes through windows. So you have to have some really, really, really deep thinking creativity going on inside that brain. Oh, no question. Those are the brains that they should have cut open and looked inside <laughs> of, not the alcohol brains, even though that's good too. But they needed the brains of these great writers and see what part of the brain was giving these ideas or what, you know, maybe, maybe something in their life, you know, maybe sitting in, uh, Maybe sitting in the closet in the dark. <laughs> maybe maybe they had corporal punishment, which is another <laughs> oh, another no doubt podcast. They did have corporal punishment. That's another podcast. Check out our corporal punishment po- podcast. Yeah, so maybe sitting in the closet waiting for uh, father to come home and, and and do some impaling on you. <laughs> you thought of these ideas. When I get out of this closet, I'm going to write a story about uh, a guy that bites people and turns them into living ghouls. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's, that certainly could have been a, 
a part of it because how I would also ask, like Steve said, how do you come up with some of this stuff? How do you come up with this? It's just amazing. But, of course, in those times, they had more time to sit and think. People read there was no television, so you really there was no radio even. So you really had to either read or come up with something in the mind. Uh, storytelling, people gathering together. Storytelling. Uh, a formal get-together. Storytelling, people getting together to uh, read stories. Yes. Or tell stories. They yeah. gather around the, the hearth uh, with the hot toddy, and someone would start telling a scary story. And that became kind of a social thing. Let me move on to, uh, to, uh, cause I've got one more and then I have a person I want to share with you guys in case you folks aren't on top of it. And once again, this is just being brothers. This is our horror edition talking about the horror writers, the top horror writers, uh, in the world today. And now we're coming to number one. Uh, just to recap, number three, number four, Edgar Allan Poe. Number three, Mary Shelley, Frankenstein fame. And number four, uh, and sorry. <laughs> And number one, okay, did I say that right? Eddie Allan Poe, number four, Barry Shelley, number three, Bram Stoker, number two, and number one from Portland, Maine, can't get that from here, Stephen King. Born 1947, and he's still alive here. And let's talk about some of the stuff that he has done. Uh, he's got Cujo, his first horror piece, Pet Cemetery. Anybody who loved clowns stopped liking clowns once they saw the movie It. By also by Stephen King, uh, with the great job of Tim Curry playing Pennywise the Clown, which just terrified people. Uh, all, even the grown-ups were afraid uh, to look at that movie. Uh, you know, so he took a big chunk out of our love of clowns uh, with his Pennywise. Uh, but King also uh, turns around and gives us something in addition to frightening, just totally scary. He gives us something very cerebral, and what that is, the Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. We know the movie. It was uh, not a short story. It was it was a book uh, written by Stephen King, the master, and um, that's why he gets the the number one. Not only that, the prolific, the the, the, pro, the pro, he was prolific. Prolific. Okay, he was prolific. Okay, we can go. Carrie, Cujo, Pet Cemetery, The Dead Zone, The Fire Started, The Movies We Got Her, It, Dolores Claiborne, Misery. The Shining, The Green Mile, and of course I said The Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption, the great surprise ending, great cast. So these are the guys that we like uh, as the top four. And Stephen King will remain there for a long time because he continues uh, to put out year after year, book after book, movie after movie, something in the horror genre. Uh, and like we said, the movies, It, Misery, we talked about... Uh, <coughs> Misery, uh, a couple, uh, a couple of uh, podcasts back. The Shining, that's with Jack Nicholson up in the. And some of these movies, he, or some, excuse me, some of these books or novels, he wrote before he became uh, successful and well known. And so he didn't even have to write these; he just have to go back and dig down in the basement and pull out up some scripts and stories that he had wrote and re-edit them, and then boom, they were done. Yep, I think four or five of them were already written. They're giving us the wrap-up time here. Uh, we've hogged up all the studio time. Let me just tell you about one person. Something we don't think about, Steve, is black horror writers. We just don't think about mm. that. Okay, Are let me, there any black horror writers? Well, there's writers? a few, but let me give you the one with the biggest popula popularity. I've got her book, two books, and they're real thick ones. One is uh, on the, uh, her name is uh, Tanadeva Du. 
Okay, born in 1961 in Tallahassee, Northwestern School. I went to Medill School of Journalism, got a Master of Lit from Leeds in London, I believe it is, in Nigerian lit in Nigerian literature. But she's mainly known for her horror writing genre, particularly science fiction. Uh, the two big ones she's got now is The Blood House and The Black Rose, which is the match third Madam C.J. Uh, Walker, the she most. She made a horror story out of Madam C.J. No, Walker? No, 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 she didn't. She wrote more than that, okay? The Blood House is her big one, and one called The Between. So if you get a chance to go online, I think she's got one or two on Audible. You should check her out, but... Uh, is she still alive? Th- oh, yeah, she's born in 1961. Okay. She's born in 1961, okay. so she's uh, younger than us. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and wrap that up. But just remember, Tana Diva Do. You'll hear about it. And her name may come up again later as we talk about other topics. And one in the more meantime, thing before we go. go. One more thing before we go. Um, so, like I said, this is Halloween coming up. Uh, and so this is our Halloween show. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. And hope you like horror movies and books and novels. And this is Little Brother Steve. And this is Big Brother Mike. This is just being brothers and you can find us anywhere you find your podcast if you go to your podcast and they don't have it go to another one but if you want to make sure go to Spotify or give us a call at 513-822-1913 or shoot us an email at justbeingbrothers at yahoo.com we'll see you